Welcome to Rams Up, your weekly LA Rams podcast. We are a member of the Pigskin Podcast Network. We'll get into other SoCal sports when it matters, but we're mostly about the LA Rams here. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Welcome back, everyone. The Rams beat the Bears 34-14, to and I'm telling you, is it weird that I could be so stressed about the outcome of a game in the fourth quarter, and then we end up winning by 20 points? But that's just the way it is, I guess. Maybe I just need to have more faith in my team, but I was not feeling good about that game at many moments. Bears played a good game. I thought they had a good game plan. They did some things I thought they were going to have to do to beat us, but the Rams' big plays were just too much. So we're going to get right into our review of the game, followed by our loop around the league. And we have a timely sports pet peeve at the end. I think you'll enjoy it. And then we're going to come back Thursday morning with our week two preview, our game picks, and lots of other good stuff. Before we get started, I just wanted to give a shout out to Alabama. They showed up against Mercer. Very impressive. I hear the Oregon Duck players were not able to watch it. They were still celebrating at the Horseshoe at Ohio State in the stadium of a Power 5 team winning that game there. So they missed most of that Mercer, Alabama showdown, unfortunately. I think you all have figured out how I feel about SEC scheduling techniques. They certainly have the system gamed. So as far as the Ram game, there are four things that I mentioned that I thought they needed to do to win. They needed to get vertical, and dang, did they get vertical. One of them was clearly broken coverage. Uh, Another, Van Jefferson just doing a slant across the field. Nice to see. That's going to pay dividends down the road. They also needed to get to Andy Dalton, and for most of the game, they didn't. Allowed Dalton just to peck away at the Rams' defense all game long. But when they finally did get to him in that fourth quarter, That's really when the game was settled. They got that one sack. Bears turned it over on downs. And it was at that point I felt like we had the victory sealed. Not that I did any relaxing at that point, but I did feel pretty good about the outcome. And I said we needed to contain David Montgomery. Don't let the Bears shorten the game. Don't let them move the chain slowly. Four or five yard runs down your throat. That's exactly what the Bears did. So the Rams were very fortunate that they were able to still win, even though the Bears were successful at this. I mean, they had that one drive, 16 plays, 81 yards, took up most of the third quarter. That's the recipe for the Bears beating the Rams, but it was the Bears' defense that let them down on those big plays. So the Rams were not successful at that. And the other thing they needed to do was deny the Bears any splash plays, any game-changing plays catastrophic plays that can change the tide of the game. And the Rams really didn't give the Bears anything. And to be honest with you, I don't even know if the Bears tried offensively for any splash plays. They got vertical. They got to Dalton when they needed to. They didn't allow the Bears any splash plays, but they did not contain Montgomery, and they did not prevent the Bears from shortening the game. So three out of four, they win the game. I'm going to give you my fearsome four plays of the game. Number one, the failure of the Bears to touch down Jefferson on that long touchdown. That was basically a four-point play. Got a good chance of holding the Rams to a field goal there, but 
Jefferson stood up, scooted into the end zone for that touchdown. Big play. Now, remember that blown coverage on Cup? I think the play before that was the big play. Third and 10. Stafford hits Woods for a first down. Poorly thrown ball. Woods reaches back, makes the catch, converts the first down. Essentially set up that long broken play touchdown. So I don't think the announcers even called out what a great catch that was. But go back and look at it. Key play of the game led to a touchdown. But I'd also include the blown coverage on Cup. That was a big play. And then the sack late in the game. I already mentioned that. Finally getting to Dalton. That was really the first time we got the Bears off schedule all game long. And sure enough, the Bears couldn't convert. Turned it over on downs. And the Rams kind of had the game in the bag at that point. I should also mention that tip pass by Kenny Young. I'm not sure where that ball was going and what chances it had of being completed, but led to the interception by David Long and took at least three points off the board for the Bears. And, you know, the Bears really didn't have any big plays. They just pecked away all game long. Six yards, five yards, seven yards, nine yards. Very efficient, very effective, very frustrating. And it worked. Really, their biggest play was the opening kickoff. I'll mention that in a second. So those are my big plays of the game. All of them in favor of the Rams, and that's not the intent here. The intent here is list the big game-changing plays. All of these happen to be in the Rams' favor, and that's essentially why they won the game. Some other game notes worth noting. Stafford's highest quarterback rating ever, this in his Rams' debut, 156.1, and the highest yards per attempt, 12.3, in his entire career. Hey, and we finally found out who the kick returner is. That was Jake Funk back there. His job is to watch the ball sail over his head on most occasions. We'll have to wait another week to see what he can do with the ball on a return. And Cup was back there on the punt. And as I had mentioned several episodes ago, I don't have a problem with Cup being back there for fair catches. Catch the ball, fair catch it, get down. That's what they had him doing. So I'm happy with that. I assume eventually... We'll see 2-2 back there. That remains to be seen. Take a moment here to call out the two things I was disappointed with. One was our run defense. Now, like Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth said, the Rams were inviting the Bears to run, apparently. But that plan wasn't working very well. David Montgomery was just gashing them in. Damian Williams. David Montgomery, he's good back. Rams got to clean that up, though. And the Rams' run game, pretty impotent for most of the game. Darrell Henderson started to get it going later. I'm not too worried about that. Bears have a strong defense up the middle there, so I'm not overly concerned. I did hope to see more production early in the game from Henderson, though. My prediction, 23-16. I was close on the Bears total. Underestimated what the Rams' vertical game could do. Players worth noting, one of the worst plays of the game from the Rams' perspective was that opening kickoff. Tyler Hall called up from the practice squad. He was out there. And I don't know what he was doing, what he was thinking. He lost containment and off and running was the Bears returner. So that was a bad play. Uh, I don't think it was an assignment issue. It'll be interesting to see if they bring him up next week. And speaking of kickoffs, we won another coin toss. I swear, I think we hit on 90% of those and we always defer, which is a smart move. But I don't know, man. It just seems like every week we're winning that coin toss. I think there was a couple last year that we lost, but I need to see the data on that. It's crazy how many coin tosses we win. 
The Bears seem to be picking on David Long, which kind of makes sense. Can hardly blame him. He held up okay, though. Got dinged up at one point, and Robert Rochelle was in, saw some duty. Rams' offensive line kept Stafford pretty clean, allowed the one sack. And our receivers, what production cup, Jefferson and Woods, all having big moments. That was great to see. Got Deshaun Jackson involved. Tyler Higby had a couple of big catches. And Woods lined up in the backfield at least once. Now, we've seen that before. I'm interested to see if McVay will work that into the offense even more than previous seasons, maybe to make up for the loss of Cam Akers a little bit. And we saw two ex-Rams in the game, Marquise Christian and Alec Ogletree. Ogletree had his moments on defense. His biggest moment was probably that personal foul late in the game. And my player of the game, you know, I was torn between two or three guys. I'm going to go with Matthew Stafford. It is such a big moment for the Ram franchise to have Stafford show up like this in his opening game and play pretty flawlessly. He had a couple passes that were a little bit off, but he looked so composed, so confident, and just was throwing darts all over the field, long balls. Uh, it was good to see. Can you imagine what it would have been like if he had thrown a couple of interceptions in this game, maybe fumbled the ball, got sacked three or four times? That would have really raised some questions, right? So this is a big moment for the Rams and a big moment for Matthew Stafford. Not to make light of the game Cooper Cup had and some other guys, but got to give it to Matthew Stafford. Now we're going to have to expect that every week, right? That's what we're expecting from Matthew Stafford. So hopefully he can keep it going. Coach's Corner, the only comment I'll have on the decision-making by the coaches, I thought it was a weird place to get Sony some touches late in the game there. I'm I'm a nervous Nelly in those situations. Don't turn the ball over. And I never like to see a fresh running back come in at that point. But he's a seasoned player. He's experienced. So I'm sure they had a talk with him and said, look it. Just cover that ball up, whatever you do. Hang on to the ball, but we want to get you a couple touches here. And my refereeing review, first of all, that penalty on Alec Ogletree, I just wish the NFL would call those offsetting. It didn't really matter in this game, but what if that had been a critical drive by the Rams trying to pull off a win against the Bears? It'd just be crushing. I'm okay even as a Rams fan if they just call that offsetting, move on. But the most obvious criticism of the refs actually went in the Rams' favor, that non-call on the pass interference on David Long, I think it was, right? That was obvious pass interference. Don't know why it wasn't called. But they do miss him. That one was pretty bad, though. So next up, we're going to do our loop around the league, followed by a very timely pet peeve. Please check it out. And remember, we have that Thursday morning drop preview of the Ram Colt game, a checkup on each team in the league, which team has happy fans, who's pissed off, and which fans just don't know quite what to think yet. And of course, we'll revisit last week's predictions and make our week two predictions as well. Let's do our Rams up loop around the league, starting with the Thursday night game, Cowboys-Bucks. Bucks come out on top 31-29, a great game to start the season, very entertaining. My takeaways on that were both offenses look pretty darn good. 
I don't think the Bucks' defense was as stout as we expected. Or is it that the Cowboys' offense is better than we thought? The Cowboys look pretty strong. I think they're going to win that division. Tough loss, but they'll be okay. A lot was made of Greg the Legs' misses. I think we can give him a pass on the 60-plus yarder. The other two, uh, extra point and a short field goal. He should have made both of those, obviously. But I don't really know if it would have made that much difference. Tack on those four points, and the Cowboys are up 33-28. Brady drives his team down, and instead of settling for the field goal, throwing passes out of bounds to run off seconds, he probably would have taken them in for the touchdown, plus the Bucks at four turnovers. So I don't think the Cowboys can be too upset. they got to move on. They'll be fine. i got to tell you, uh, speak to that offensive pass interference that was not called. Not saying it should have been. Does everyone remember what happened last year? The Sunday night opener, Rams-Cowboys, very similar play. And Michael Gallup was called for offensive pass interference against Jalen Ramsey, negating a big gain for the Cowboys, which very well could have led to a Cowboy victory that night. And people were so upset that Ramsey sold that call. Call should not have been made. They might be right. I'm not sure myself. And then fast forward one year, similar play, the call's not made. So a lot of fans got what they wanted. Unfortunately, the Cowboys get the short end in both instances. Sunday morning games in the West. Boy, the Niners, their offense looked incredible early. The Lions defense looked pitiful. Put Jared Goff in a bad spot. I thought overall Goff played okay. There was certainly a tendency to dump off to the tight ends and running backs. Made some clutch throws late. And remember, his receiver set might be the worst in the history of the National Football League. So his stat line was pretty darn good. I'll tell you that. The one interception really hurt them. Does anyone know what happened to Brandon Ayuk? He did not have a target as far as I could see. I know he had a hamstring issue earlier in the week. He was on the field but no production whatsoever. Kind of odd. And then, sadly, Jason Verrett appears to have a significant knee injury. Waiting word on that. And in my opinion, he is their best defensive back, and that is going to be a crushing blow to the Niners' defense. So hopefully he's okay, but it did not look good. And early on, that Niner defense did not impress, but they are missing that nose tackle, so I'm sure they'll be okay in the long run. I'd be more worried about their secondary. Cardinals tromp all over the Titans, and the problem with the Titans is they're not the type of team that can play from behind. Cardinals get an early lead. Kyler Murray hits DeAndre Hopkins twice for touchdowns. Chandler Jones, five sacks. So a big road win for the Cardinals. They are impressive. But getting up early on the Titans, that is the recipe to beat them, that's for sure. And we should have known. I picked the Colts over the Seahawks. What was I thinking? Seahawks on the road in Indianapolis. Beat them pretty handily, 28-16. Four touchdowns for Russell Wilson, two of them to Tyler Lockett. So same old Seahawks. And if you're wondering, Dwayne Eskridge, their highest pick, their wide receiver drafted in the second round, had one reception for six yards and two runs for 11 yards. So we'll be tracking his productivity. A lot of people are expecting great things from him. The Chargers, 
travel across the country and get a road win. They beat the Washington football team 20-16. to Justin Herbert continues to look like one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. But Keenan Allen, is he the most underrated wide receiver in the league? Lots of clutch catches. Brandon Staley has the Chargers at 1-0. Three additional notes on that game worth mentioning. Ryan Fitzpatrick was knocked out of the game in the second quarter. Terry McLaurin, leader in the clubhouse right now for catch of the year. Go check it out. Pretty impressive. And a lot of people are saying that Ron Rivera really blew it punting from the Chargers 45 late in the game, 4th and 12. Washington's down by four. Need a touchdown, obviously. Punt the ball away. Hope your great defense can get the ball back for you. But it backfired. Chargers drive the field, end up in victory formation to seal the win. So coach is going to take some heat for that decision. But with that defense, I fully understand why he would punt there. The Jags-Texans, I don't know what to say about this game. Texans hammer the Jags 37-21. This may not end well for Urban Meyer. Maybe he ends up at USC fairly soon. Carolina takes care of the Jets 19-14. Christian McCafferty, 98 rushing yards, 89 receiving yards. And we saw our Sam Donald to Dan Arnold pass connection twice for six yards. That's what I was looking for. They were my survivor pick, the Panthers, so they win. And the Bills, everyone's darling pick, including mine, lose 23-16 to to the Steelers. Steelers blocked a punt for a touchdown. That was clearly the big play of the game. But the Bills' offense did not look good. And Pittsburgh, once again, may be a contender. That one surprised me. Bills disappointed. Steelers did not. Eagles-Falcons, I don't man, the Falcons... Can never figure them out. They lose 32-6 to to the Eagles. I don't know what to make of either of these teams. I do not think either of them are going anywhere, but the Eagles, you go on the road and you win 32-6. to Got to be pretty excited about that if you're an Eagle fan. And the Bengals beat the Vikings in overtime, 27-24. Joe Burrow looked outstanding in his first game back since that devastating knee injury, 20 for 27 And Jamar Chase, he had a lot of drops in the preseason. He did not today. Over 100 yards receiving. That Burroughs to Chase connection is something Bengal fans should be extremely excited about. The afternoon games, Broncos topped the Giants 27-13. I thought that game was going to be closer. I actually favored the Giants. We saw the Broncos in the preseason. We saw their starting offense, and I was not impressed, but they had me fooled. Saints clobber the Packers 38-3. That vaunted Packers offensive line is not what it used to be, apparently. And Aaron Rodgers did not play well. Outplayed by Jamie's Winston. So, trouble in Packerland, perhaps. I was happy to see the Dolphins beat the Patriots 17-16. Very uncharacteristic mistake at the end of the game. Patriots just needed a field goal deep in Dolphin territory, and they fumbled the ball away. Dolphins come away with a win. And the Browns-Chiefs game, that was a lot of fun. Looked like the Browns had that under control, but you knew the Chiefs were going to come back, and then the Browns punter mishandles the ball on a snap, fumbles it away. Chiefs capitalize and go in for the score, hold on for a 33-29 win. That's our 
loop around the league. We got the Ravens at the Raiders tonight. We'll talk about that on our Thursday podcast. Rams up on the Pigskin Podcast Network. Another sports pet peeve for you this week. I'm not breaking any new ground here, just piling on, actually. And this has to do with how first downs are measured at the NFL level and the college level. And the reason this has resurfaced, well, if any of you saw the Florida State-Notre Dame game, you're well aware of that circus that occurred while they were trying to measure a first down. You can't really blame the refs. They're using the tools they are provided, and they're following the rules as they are written. There's got to be a better way at the NFL and the college level. All the money that is on the line and invested, and they can't find an accurate way of measuring a first down. Now, if you watch them stretching that chain, one thing a lot of people missed is, if you move one end of the chain without moving the other, you're creating an angle, so that measurement is not going to be legitimate if the first one was legitimate to begin with. You got to move both ends of the chain if you're trying to measure 10 yards, but you shouldn't have to use a chain like that at all. And this also goes to whether the ball crossed the goal line. Are we really expecting the referees to mark that ball accurately after pulling four or five 200, 250, 300 pound men off the ball and then trying to position that ball accurately where it was and then measuring with a chain to see if they have reached the 10-yard mark or if they have scored a touchdown. It's just crazy. With the technology that is available today, you don't need two guys with sticks and chains measuring a first down with 80,000 fans watching live and millions watching on TV. The NFL is usually better than this. I realize this particular instance was in a college game, but it might as well have been an NFL game, right? I could see Major League Baseball dragging their feet on this for 50 years, but the NFL, come on, do better. Let's inject some technology into this and accurately measure ball placement and first downs. Soccer and tennis have already embraced similar technology. That's right, tennis. Tennis is ahead of the NFL on this front. Kind of embarrassing. Get some guys working on this in Silicon Valley. The technology is there. Just needs to be transferred to the football field. Problem solved. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach out to us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website at laramsup.com. And please don't forget, subscribe and give us that five-star rating. We really appreciate it. And don't forget, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there. Music courtesy of bensound.com and the YouTube royalty-free music audio library. 
Crimson Fly by Hama Hama. <laughs> 